Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Flowers. I got my buddy Pete Lovell here, and we're going to do something that's a little bit different, and, and this is part of my sub-series music episodes on my podcast, and I'm excited to dig into some old music with a longtime friend, so we're going to go back and start where it began, and uh, first of all, let me welcome my buddy, Hi, Mike. <laughs> Pete Lobo. To, happy to, to be here. It's great to... to be here in the lab. <laughs> uh, so we we did our first record like in 2000 is when S some of this stuff started. Second record, sort of. Yeah. Um, first record that involved any type of vocal performances. Yeah, we were just sitting here talking about uh, this first song that we were going to review today called Justice Cream. And... And uh, I thought it was hilarious because we were listening to some of it and I can't even remember where the samples were. And you started the story about going down to the record store that day to go get it. And so I think that's a great place to start because I, I, I can't remember what the first track was that we tried to record on. I think it was Justice Cream was the first song that we ever decided to say, okay, let's write a verse for this song. You know, like, let's just each try to write one verse because I think the other part of that story is because Joe Fields was late arriving to come. He was coming out to Los Angeles to record, and we thought we were going to be recording him that night, but he missed his flight or something like that. And yeah. you and I said, fuck it. Excuse my language. <laughs> no, fuck we it like, works. Let's write a verse <laughs> and record it. Yeah, so this this would be... 2000 or 2001 i had just moved to la pete still living in atlanta uh mentioned joe fields who i, I guess was in oklahoma still at the time or yeah or chicago or chicago we had you know been writing i had been kind of learning some production stuff and moved out here with my buddies jeremy and and chad and we could dig into that later but had sent some tracks to Pete or some ideas or something enough to get you to come out from Atlanta to sit down to try to have a recording session. And this is was kind of our birth of the thousands. And Well, the first birth was Medicine Park. Medicine Park. Yellow Trees. There you go. Which was an all... No, excuse me. That wasn't all instrumentals. Some of those tracks, though, did make it on to the thousands album. Yeah. yeah. So if we really, really go back to our, the first music... They would be non-lyrical. They were those tracks that we put together. We thought we were going to make downbeat instrumentals. Downbeat instrumentals, yeah. And, that was <laughs> and press vinyl, which we were either ahead or behind the times. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. So, so, but yeah, it would have been the late 90s coming up with this scheme. And then in 2000, when I moved out here, was I remember I had like this this idea that I was pitching to Chad Petrie, I was like, you know what I want to do is I want to make an album. And I remember you had just pressed some uh, content, some kind of a book or something with your curl, current girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And I wanted Sliding to, Moon Press. Yeah, I wanted to put together like a CD of like a conglomerate of songs from friends and artists, but then also poetry and things because that's what we had always written poetry together in college as well as played instruments and whatever we did in college but that was kind of where all this came from for 
me wanting to produce a CD and like put it out there, be like, I moved to LA and this is what I can do kind of thing. And so those, those tracks came out of learning Jeremy and Chad's gear and then Pete coming out and, and, and those, and the, the poems, the poetry really is what turned into us going, Oh shit, we might as well just try to be lyricist. (laughs) Be lyricist. And yeah. And so a lot of those beats were our first was Medicine Park and it was called Yellow Trees. And then, well, you had produced a, chunk of tracks that you'd sent me and if i'm not mistaken when i came out the first time a lot of those got lost due to a technological glitch of some sort remember like the frank black sample track and like oh my god you remember we tried to kind of recreate them but it wasn't coming out the same way you know what i mean and and it was and that's why we started writing just new shit that's why i went to that record store and bought a whole bunch bunch of of weird samples cds and old stuff to try to just jack for samples that was because we were at the time i think the setup we were recording on chad had an old korg keyboard with no hard drive in it but roy who was our other roommate at the time had installed some weird funky hard drive somehow in it and then also we had the emu sampler which would take by the way five minutes to fade a file in and out remember it would take that long and uh and and somehow one of the drives that he had made got corrupted and we lost some of the stuff. That's how we were saving our music at the time. It was yeah. crazy. That was 2000. And then you came out. You came out twice, though. That came out twice. And then I moved out here like eight months later. Right. Well, we're, God, we could reminisce and we're going to a lot on this this music venture. And, and that's kind of why I wanted to do this because trying to relive some of these memories and conversations sometimes with friends around campfires or just even around at the bar having a beer is fun. And they're like, Oh man, you get some good stories and it's fun to kind of even relive this stuff. But to bring it back to our first vocal track, it was called justice cream, justice cream, which I have no idea why it's called that. I think it because somehow I had written something or saved it in whatever I was saving it at the time as some name but I know that you came up with that name. <laughs> I know I didn't come up with it. I still just don't know what it... It doesn't really have anything to do with the lyrics, except for that we do say it once yeah. or twice. Yeah. I don't know. I think we I really do. don't know. Uh, so, I, ju- I, yeah. I think I put it into my lyrics trying to make it make sense, and it doesn't make sense at all Justice in what cream. I say. With the Justice Scream. I don't yeah. even know what that is. <laughs> I think, if I'm not mistaken, we both... Uh, just kind of said something but i know that cream was your word it's totally your word that's the way you think but uh i think i may have tried to save it as justice or something like that and and we had just called it justice cream so this track that we're gonna listen to and and kind of dig into our lyrics today is called justice cream i have it on my playlist on spotify i have the thousands circulation which is technically the album that um as we mentioned before it's literally yeah it's literally the name of the (laughs) album but medicine park and and yellow trees kind of had its day you know like that was kind of our first play well what was cool about medicine park is that uh we were still living in separate places so i was able to kind of work the atlanta scene with a little bit and we got some radio play there and did like you know that was our venture into becoming what we thought was Producers, like producing well, down tempo hip hop. Having a label and yeah. getting your shit out and like getting it in 
the door at places. We were on consignment at the, you know, the record oh store. Oh my god, that's we were, right. You know, we we're just getting it out there. But then also, right at that time was mp3 revolution or whatever that changed the way things were and so then we were kind of you know that's just when everything's turned digital yeah everything I, I yeah i remember pressing the record now um that you said it to get it and it's got consignment putting cds on consignment in the late 90s damn yeah. that'll take you back dude yeah but that was like big time you know you make a couple of bucks off a cd yeah. that was big time you know give away a couple hundred here and there so yeah, so I just thought I'd bring this track up while we we bring it in. So Justice Cream was God, this and these samples. When we performed this song last summer, I forgot how long the intro is because we used to never do the whole intro. Yeah, we, we would skip. It. So this is the intro. I think I wrote it because um, most of these records I did most of the engineering on, and we both would produce them. And as Pete mentioned, he these samples all came from stuff that. We were sampling into that emu sampler and then triggering and playing MIDI on the keyboard. Yep. And then So what was this? This was a reversed it's a reverse sample. Some kind of reversed sample. And then we go into the beat right here, I remember. Yeah. And so we would always kind of write with like loop beats and then work in sections. And yeah, this opening was about a minute. <laughs> yeah. Justice. That's why we named it because that's the sample. Got it. Justice. Okay, so what are we talking about here, Pete? <laughs> I stroll. I think we're talking about mainly just like the process of trying to write and assemble words that are um, interesting. You know, like I used to always call. You know, it's just like any art. You're trying to make words sound and slippery and cool. I think that's what it's about more than anything. It's like the process of trying to just assemble words. With, with, with the justice cream. With the justice cream. cream. <laughs> yeah. So that was the sample. Now that we sit here and talk about it. Justice. That was the yeah. sample. Um, and that was our idea of a hook. Yeah. It was one word. Because we didn't want to do like vocal hooks. So we were going to do one long verse a piece. Yeah. So, Mike, what's that about? <laughs> How do you twist ears like triangles and spears? Spears. It's final. These things are final. What you see? Uh, I remember writing this on Fluid Grooves. Lucy Styles. Uh, yeah, smoking. this is about like the struggling artist gr or actress yeah. girl in LA. Yeah, yeah. Lucy. So when we were in college, we used to smoke weed. Uh, name, or, well, we still smoke weed, but um, we called it Lucy in college. Yeah. And I think that was the. Uh, we were talking about a little bit of the uh, bringing justice. And I think it was the. Uh, her time expired. Her time expired from. Being a fake, she was fake, man. She was in Hollywood. <laughs> it's all, it's all fake. <laughs> but I remember writing some of those lyrics while I was in traveling in Greece, and um, I don't know yeah. if th that came into play those that first Santorini time. town, Santorini town, Ocean Sense. But then, see, here's the here's that big breakdown again, too. Um, that's, that's, that's what. 
that's what instrumental dudes do. Yeah. <laughs> to make it a, I think you got to make a breakdown. From from what I remember, I, we were just so adamant as a team about like not trying to do a bunch of uh, vocal hooks or be poppy. And Certainly, there's always been that anti-pop and like anti-pop ish, and then not doing and trying to find samples at the time because sampling was super fun. And trying to use those types of samples to be more of the, I guess, the hook of the song. But for our first attempt at doing lyrics, it was fun. I, I think part of the other rule was like the samples are fine, but not using anything that was like recognizable and not recreating a song that had already been successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> no remix type sampling where there's already like a song that's basically there that you're just redoing a beat for, but trying to yeah. create sound collages yeah i mean uh, they're trying to think about i remember we would spend days just dumping in samples huh. you could take, they, it would take a lot right to make a song sometimes yeah. it's like you need a lot of like material to pull from you we would have plus you're digging you know because it's still like the art of finding that sampler that sound especially sure. during you're that still time right in the bass line off a keyboard or you're still you know, triggering a beat with the drum pad or whatever it is that you use. It's like, you're still physically doing things, but yeah, it is still sample based. But the cool thing is like when you can reverse a sample to where no one would ever know what the hell that was, but yet it sounds original and cool on what you're doing. Or... Yeah. It's also the blessing of having like Jeremy and Chad there too, like messing around with all their gear and asking them stupid questions that they had already messed up and learned. Like I remember Chad saying one time, he's like, dude, you learn, you're learning so fast on this gear because I messed up so much and I can teach you how not to mess up. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and it was just, it was kind of dumping all the samples, spinning. That's that was the 10,000 hours, dude, like sit in those room just for days and days. And it would take sometimes all day just to put a beat together much less putting the loop down for a certain amount of time and breaking no. it up. But the more you do something, right. It's, it's like, uh, that's been my experience even in the last week. Like when it comes to writing now, it's like, it's amazing how if I sit down and focus on one thing and just say, I'm going to write something for it. Like it, it, it's like, I'm like, Oh, I'm gotten pretty good at this. Yeah. You know, like it's like just cause you've done it so many times and you, yeah, the 10,000 hours, that's kind of how we became friends in college because we would always kind of have you would have notebooks full of each of us would have notebooks or journals full of stuff and didn't really know what to do with it epigrams that's what i was trying to do i called them epigrams (laughs) i don't know what you you think is it's kind of like djing downbeat music like you think it's the coolest thing but there's really not much of a market for it (laughs) no there was like a little fad there for a while where every little like sushi bar had like a dj playing in the corner and i was like hey i want to be that dude on a couple nights a week yeah but yeah pretty well i would say this track justice cream just to kind of wrap up this episode it it was kind of the, the i guess the kind of a like a a landing or what do you call the the jump board (laughs) <laughs> the diving board the or launching the launching pad. pad for us to kind of say, Hey, we're going to do hip hop type of stuff other than just produce downbeat instrumentals. It was like, okay, we're going to do this. And then from justice cream came just a plethora of other. I think we just kind of painted ourselves into a corner to where we knew, we, <laughs> I, we knew we could do this stuff, but we didn't have 
like we had to make max use of what we had and that was two dudes that could were a little bit multi-dimensional that could try yeah didn't know it would turn into three full-length albums of being a rapper <laughs> uh what was what is it the, um, a mildly successful rapper mildly successful hip-hop crew uh right. yeah what was the was that a facebook comment that somebody had I don't remember. Written, it was uh, like your aunt or something that was yeah. like, or your, I don't know, somebody. I th- Weren't I, you guys in a I mildly th- successful? It was my former youth director, Ed Martin, who is, will probably listen to this, to be honest with you. Up, I Ed? think he had responded something to a video I posted of ours once, and his comment was like, Weren't you in a mildly successful hip hop group once? <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough, we were Strange. mildly successful. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anyway, Peter Troy Lovo, it's been a blessing to have you here to talk about Justice Cream. <laughs> Good session. Play the tune for all the uh, kids yeah, at home. Her time expired. Yes. 